Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hi, I'm Francis, and I'm here with Bethany and Pam, and today we're going to talk about sermon review. But first, I wanted to ask you ladies, what has been a memorable sermon for you that either changed your life, changed your perspective on something? For me, I can't think of the specific sermon, but when I was really struggling with anxiety, John Piper was a like really helpful resource for me because he also struggles with mental health issues. So his perspective was really helpful. And the one phrase that he said that I still think about all the time um, is when he talked about that there's a guilt that leads to life and there's a guilt that leads to death. And being someone who struggles, feeling guilty a lot, having that perspective of like, is this a healthy guilt? Or is this uh, unhealthy guilt that's going to lead me to the grave? And I can feel the difference. And so he just, during that time, there's just so many things that he said. Like, he also said, cast your cares upon the Lord. Why would he command you to cast your cares upon him if you didn't have any cares in the first place? So things like that that he said have helped me a lot with my anxiety. So I don't remember the specific sermon it was, but yeah, John Piper for sure. Uh, There was a sermon on Luke, and we were encouraged to figure out what Satan's strategy is, understanding that Satan will use pain or pleasure. And I thought like, oh, that's really good, because when I'm in pain, I'm like, oh, God, I need you. I'm so sad. But when it's like a good, happy moment, I'm like, hmm. But um, it was a a good reminder. And then he ended the preaching with a quote that said, there's more mercy in Christ than sin in us. And I thought that that was encouraging. I don't remember the exact text, but it was D.A. Carson at um, Master's Seminary. I don't know. They have a chapel service. There you go. And he was talking about the irony of the cross because you have the guards making fun of Jesus on the cross, telling him to come down and send uh, legions of angels and so D.A. Carson is just pointing back to the irony of even their comments. Like they spoke better than they actually knew. And even the plaque that was on top of his head, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. I just remember thinking, wow, I've never heard that before. One, I, I enjoyed the expositional preaching, but just the irony behind the cross. I was like, wow, this is really enlightening. And it made me so thankful for the cross and so thankful that he didn't come down from the cross because that's what D.A. Carson was saying. Like he could have easily come down and said, okay, now what? And there would have been humanity, you know? So it's, it it was so rich. And I always remember that sermon because I was just like, wow, I never thought about that. Well, tonight we're talking about sermon review and Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So tonight we're talking about sermon review and it sounds a little bit funny, but like, what is that? What is that? Right. So we're basically saying how to talk about the sermon and everyday conversations, whether it be with church family or even friends or whoever you are in contact with throughout the day and throughout the week. So we wanted to share how we do it as a local church and even individually So usually PJ will have a two-minute sharing, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, two-minute sharing after the sermon. 
right in the church service in the church service so at the end he'll encourage everyone like you know pair up whoever's next to you for new for visitors or non-believers like you don't have to share anything you could just listen to the members share and we usually talk about applications for our own life that we got from the message and the reason why he does that is because he wants to take that type of mentality outside of the sanctuary like basically being able to speak and talk about the sermon and doing it freely, not feeling like, oh, that's just a Sunday from a nine to 12 type of thing. Well, and it's so easy to forget, like even right now when you ask that question and I couldn't think of any sermon. <laughs> right. It's like so easy to forget the sermon, like right when you walk out the door. Yeah. And so that's helpful to at least, it gives you the opportunity to at least think of one thing that you can apply to your life. Yeah. And even still with that, I struggle, you know, but like it gives you that the opportunity to reflect and pick one thing and then like afterwards at like at church if someone asks you like oh what, what did you take away from the sermon you have that thing that you right. talked about right after so right. it's helpful right which is really talking about the benefits of it in understanding like that's what the word does like it dwells in us so why not speak about it richly like to other people around you to your neighbors because it's life-giving so why hold whatever God has giving you why not share it and it really encourages others because I know like when we've shared what God has been doing through the messages you'll bring something to the table where I'm like I didn't think about that or how did you apply that in your specific stage of life you know and I really do appreciate hearing other people talk about it because it gives me insights of okay, I need to apply it in that particular way. So Pam, is there any benefits that you see? When we actually think about the sermon, it's helpful to recall it throughout the week. So the one that I talked about for our intro question was helpful because Erin and I were going through something for that week and we were able to recall the message and to remember like, oh yeah, like Satan is trying to like put a division in our marriage and our family. Yeah. And I think it guards your heart too against growing callous to the word of God because like even as we're talking about it, that's my fear. It's like you hear the word of God week after week and you don't change, you know, and this is a way to protect against that by just figuring out how you're going to repent personally because every time you read the word, there's something that you could repent of because the word of God is living and active and it pierces you. And so, you know, that's an opportunity to examine your own heart. And Sunday is not a country club because you're gathering together to hear God's word so the fact that you're gonna sit under the preaching and you're trying to think of an application or the pastor's giving you an application and he could be giving it to you individually but even as a church body which is important for us all to hear okay how as a church body will we apply this so it only makes sense to talk about it outside what do you mean it's not a country club yeah (laughs) sorry (laughs) basically like you could get excited to go to church because of the people and not necessarily like to hear God's word and apply it in your life. Like it's not just people hanging out. Yeah. Right. And also with marriage. I like what you said, Pam, of bringing it home to your marriage because that's a great way of having edifying conversations with your spouse. Like what are your application from the message? So being intentional in your marriage and even in your family, if your kids are in there, then you get to ask the children, like what was the application? What were your takeaways? Do you guys like review the sermon throughout the week? No, we like normally it? do it during the two minute share and then like on the drive home i mean you could say what we do that takes it out of just the sunday morning so sunday evening we have what we call sermon review led by pj and it's a group of usually interns and then 
any church leaders and anyone that wants to join. And it's every Sunday evening and we literally discuss every part of the Sunday service. So from Sunday school in the morning to the songs to announcements, yeah. gathering leader, mm-hmm. criticizing music. everything but in a loving way and yeah. a way to build up the church. And that includes reviewing the sermon, which is so encouraging because I've never been a part of a church where the pastor's like, so tell me what you didn't like or what you did like about the sermon every week, you know? But then that's an opportunity for all of us to share also our takeaways from the sermon. Um, So that's another opportunity that we have every Sunday night, as long as we go. Right. What are some questions that help you start the conversation? I mean... The main one is, what was your main takeaway? Mm -hmm. I think we use that one a lot. We do. Or how are you encouraged? Mm Mm-hmm. I think also starting with yourself, like it might be awkward, but like the sermon, we heard it obviously together. So sharing my application and being vulnerable, opening up is always helpful because it's not very, it could be very surface level. Like, oh, I need to trust God, which is true. But what in particular, personally, and even asking corporately, like, oh, what did you think about this particular point as an application? Like, have you seen where we have failed as a church or even being thankful for ways that we have progressed as a church? And just we were talking earlier, but it doesn't just have to be with believers. Right. Because I remember PJ said, like, You can go to work on Monday and ask someone, like, how was your weekend? And then be ready when they ask you back, how was your weekend, to just share what you learned on Sunday. Right. And I've only done it a couple times because it, like, makes me so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get all anxious because it feels awkward. Right. It's not normal. Right. But it's, like, what you said about letting the Word of God richly dwell within you, like, it's rich. Like, why wouldn't you want to share share that with other people? But it's dumb people pleasing like to think that they would think I'm weird for saying that you know that stops me from like wanting to do that yeah but I thought that was cool because it's like so often we don't take those opportunities because we don't even think of that as a category like I would never even think to share with my coworkers like what I learned at church it just seems off limits but there's like so many opportunities all over to share what God's teaching you that I just haven't taken have you seen our church family grow in this aspect? I mean, when I would talk to people initially, when they would be first coming to our our gatherings, it would be like, oh, hi, how are you? But then after the gathering, when we're like outside congregated at the door, a lot of them are like, man, like I was so encouraged by this point and this Mm -hmm. point. And like, I'm like, I'm so excited to do this and do that this week to like change how I am and stuff like that. I'm like, and then it, it, gives an opportunity for others to share too when they hear the excitement about the preaching they're like yeah me too and and then you're so encouraged and then you realize like these are the type of conversations I want to be having like I don't want to just hear surface things like it's much more like deep and meaningful when you can talk about like personally how the sermon impacted you and then I feel like once that example is set you're like why wouldn't I want this you know yeah also when people do say that was a really encouraging sermon. There's so much more to say to that. So I would encourage you and other members, if you do tend to say that was an encouraging message, like get deeper to how was it an encouraging message. I remember there was a particular pastor who every time a member would tell him like that was an encouraging message, like he would always stop him and say like, how was it an encouraging message? And so you felt like you had to have an answer. So it made you think like, okay, if I'm going to go and 
tell him that or he's going to ask, then I need to be more thoughtful than just uh, surfacy. I mean, I understand. Just feel good after that sermon. Right, yeah. right. So how would you encourage your pastor with the preaching on Sunday morning? Okay, well, the first thing that comes to mind, which I already mentioned, was the sermon review, which we do every Sunday night. So that's when I have an opportunity to share both blessings, like what I was encouraged by, and also critiques from the sermon, which both are ways to encourage your pastor. But I know, like, if your church doesn't have a formal Sunday review, I would hope your pastor would be encouraged by you sharing, being intentional and sharing what encouraged you specifically and then also if there's any areas you know not in a spirit of like I know better and I want to tear you down but in a Mm -hmm. spirit of humility and a way to really bless your church and bless your pastor hey like these are my thoughts because you know a pastor is just one person like there are lots of different perspectives and it's the body of Christ and that's a way to help the church is to critique your pastor but I I don't know what that would look like in a church without sermon review because it's so natural here but it could be hard right yeah I would encourage emails text messages of hey this was my my takeaway from the sermon on Sunday that's been really encouraging just for on, on a on a for the pastor. Not critiques. Critiques. Because could that come across as harsh Oh, I see what email? you're saying. You're talking about if critiques is not something that the church normally does. Yeah. Is, you're saying. Or like in an email. Is that an appropriate way to critique? I mean, if PJ got a critique over email or text, that's fine. Okay. But that's because he's already. There's a culture here. Right. But if your pastor is not used to being critiqued I think I personally would say this is something that either you could just say like this is something I picked up on that maybe wasn't touched on or maybe I'm forgetting something or maybe I I missed it when you did talk about it like what are the things that I'm trying to listen to which I feel like I've been trained to is the gospel was the gospel preached so if I hear a sermon wherever I go and the gospel is not preached that's the first thing uh, that's the first critique I have. I mean, I'm looking for blessings and applications, but that's something that I'm like, oh, they didn't preach the gospel uh, because either it's assumed. The gospel is assumed. And for me personally, and I think majority of us, at least at BBC, we understand that you shouldn't assume the gospel because you have people in the congregation that are non-believers. You have church members that maybe are non-believers. So, and we all need the gospel every day. And you, know? you need the gospel every day, right. So that's things that I'm, I'm trying to listen to because I recently did a sermon review um, at a conference. It was BBC members there and we reviewed one of the sermons and we got to talk to the pastor and reviewed his sermon and I, that was my critique. I gave all my blessings and my takeaways. And I said, the one critique I have is that you didn't preach the gospel. And his response was, well, I'm in a conference. And so I'm just knowing my audience. And I wanted to push back because exactly what you said. It's like this, the gospel is not just for non-believers. It's for believers. It builds us up. But I didn't want to press it because I was like, well, I don't know the man that well. And he was very sweet. But I was just like, oh, okay, never mind. But that was one of the things I was I look for is I want to be built up because majority of the time it sounds really dumb, but I get teary eyed every time I hear the gospel, not because I'm just being like super sentimental, but I just feel I mean, maybe I'm over emphasizing of how much but now that you're saying that's awesome (laughs) on my knees no um but I get so emotional 
thinking about the gospel being preached and then hearing how deep, how malnourished I was. And even in one sense, still am and trying to get nourished by God's word. So it's, yeah, it's very moving to hear it. The other um, critique that I give would be, and you would probably too, is application. Like an, like an actual, like them saying this church apply it or individual apply it this way i think that's extremely helpful because when you hear a sermon an expositional sermon you're thinking like how does that connect with my life like what am i supposed to do with this and when there's a clear application from the pulpit it's extremely helpful to take that and run with it and know what to do like okay the lord is calling me to do this as an individual or this as a local body Mm -hmm. so at bbc we have members that vary in age not all of us have the practice of sharing with like older members of the church. Like what are ways that you would want to grow in in trying to share with other members that are older, much younger? Well, with the older members, they have many years compared to us. So talking about the sermon and hearing their application would be helpful, especially for me. We just had a whole discussion about how I don't talk to the older members as much as I should be because I'm in covenant with them too. So just hearing what they took from the sermon and knowing like that's wisdom that God is pouring out on my life and that's going to be me (laughs) in the future and with the younger people is being able to impart wisdom myself and hearing their questions because sometimes their questions can be just as edifying like they hear things that an older person would kind of just like glance over so hearing the the childlike mentality of their brains and taking that into account with my own kids too i just have to share that i love having older members in our church yeah and it just creates a family dynamic because Mm -hmm. it's not like oh all these people that are the same age it's like grandparents and but then there's also this like deeper like we're brothers and sisters too Mm -hmm. so you like, I, I feel like in some churches, maybe there's, like, I don't think this is the right word, but, like, a respect of older people where you feel like you can't approach them because they're older. And But in our church, I feel like a brother and sister relationship with them where I feel like I can talk to them, you know? Yeah. I recently got to have a heart-to-heart conversation with one of the older members, and it totally wasn't planned. I wasn't even thinking oh, this is how I'm going to apply the sermon by talking to this particular woman. It just happened to flow there. She was sharing um, some struggles. And we both got very emotional hearing her talk about the struggle. And then immediately the application of the sermon came in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like instantaneously we both just connected it to the sermon and we're drawing from it and it was such a sweet moment with her and I mean it was sweet on many levels just because I felt like I was connecting with her we were both emotional we just heard a sermon that was super encouraging and convicting and then now we're just talking about it and how it applies to her particular trial and I was and I mean I was trying to fish because I was asking, like, how do you handle this as a wife? You know, and I wanted to hear her wisdom behind it. And it was great. You know, I feel like even that conversation moved us closer in just being able to pick up, you know, even ask later on, like, how are you with that trial? Or, you know, how can I draw from her wisdom? But just a simple act. And it doesn't doesn't even have to be that particular sermon. You know, like what you just shared, the sermons in the past, even applying the past sermons 
to the future or to a, your current situation. So feeling like you could just, you know, grab those applications under your belt and just be like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to apply it. And then future, um, in the future, trying to apply it as well. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think about the Bible verse, all scripture is God-breathed and profitable for counseling and just that command. I mean, because when I went to master's and biblical counseling was a major and people got degrees in it and they didn't ever make it seem like it was only a degree thing. But I think that was kind of my impression was like, you need a degree to be a biblical counselor. But thinking about that verse, it's like, we're all supposed to be counselors. And this is an opportunity to counsel one another. And it might not seem formal, but that's what you're doing. You're taking the word of God and you're applying it to life with members of your church. And that's counseling, right? Well, thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to listen to the sermons on Sundays and try to figure out how to talk about it throughout the week with your church members and other people in your life. Thank you to our husbands who are holding down the home and the kids and all that other stuff. Thank you to Aaron for all the cool stuff that he does for us, being a producer, and for Pam doing all the editing. Thank you to our church family, Bethany Baptist Church, for allowing us to talk about the sermon and apply it as a local body. And thank you to shepherdla.org, I think. (laughs) I don't know. I have to check. But anyways, we have uh, Instagram. If you're on Instagram, please follow us. Be our friend on Facebook. Reviewing. Please review us. Please, if you can. No, actually, you can. But please review us. So anyways, thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye.